Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toro Cigar Lounge podcast. My name is Mike Glover, a.k.a. 757 Cigar Mike. Stay tuned today. You are not going to want to miss this show. Today, we're talking about boutique cigars, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Stay with us. In a world desperate to separate us by our differences, there's still a place where you can go where all are welcome. The Cigar Lounge. Welcome to the Toro Cigar Lounge podcast. Okay, and we're back. Again, I'm your host, Mike Glover, a.k.a. 757 Cigar Mike, and today I am smoking the Warfighter 5.56 Field Connecticut. Love this stick. Great stick to start the day. What are you smoking, Jake? Hey, I'm uh, Jake, a.k.a. Bearded Cigar Lover, and I'm smoking Stolen Thrones Three Kingdoms. Nice. Good stick. Yeah, that's that is a good one. <clears throat> I'm Ken, and you can follow me at Ken Blue Smoke on Instagram if you want. Uh, I have the soapbox by Dissident. I also have this lovely Dissident hat on because I'm a Dissident supporter, and uh, this is a this is a great stick too. This is Dissident supporter. We're actually doing a giveaway this week. You are. Are you sure it's this week when people are watching it? It could be 2027 at the point when people. Well, are if we this. publish this episode this coming Sunday. This will be perfect. Perfect timing. This coming Sunday meaning seven days from now? Yes. Okay. Because All right. nine days from now, we give that hat away. Not that hat. We're giving you Ken's, Ken's hat. We're not, not giving you hat. Ken's hat. No one wants to wear a hat after Ken. Not even my wife. <laughs> but she likes it when he wears it to bed, so we don't question that. <laughs> and it started early, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. It is started early. <laughs> Did we did we say the subject of this show yet? Yeah, Jeez. cigar lounge or boot cigar lounges. No, 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 no. Boutique okay, these cigars. guys don't even know where we're going anymore. Boutique cigars, <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Boutique cigars. So you're smoking a, a three kingdoms. Three kingdoms by Stolen Throne. Yep. Right. And I've got a Yorktown fleet on deck when this runs out. Right. So we are the three of us are boutique cigar fiends, guys, and um, and let me. Let me tell you the reason why I love boutique cigars, and then I'll let these guys chime in with why maybe they like or don't like boutique cigars. But I like boutique cigars because there is a world, an entire world of flavor out there that honestly I feel is done better than the premium brands with the boutique brands. I think there are better blends. And I also think they're more affordable cigars for the average cigar smoker in boutique blends than there are in the premium brands. That's why I lean towards them. That's why I love them. That's why I probably will stick with them. Don't get me wrong. I like a good Padron, but Padron now for me is a celebration stick. Well, one thing about the one thing about the idea of the boutique cigar being more flavorful is that the big boys have to hit a wider audience. They need to blend uh, that isn't isn't going to offend you know half of the people out there. Whereas the boutique cigars, they can offend whomever they want. Yeah. Long <laughs> they as they have their something. loyal following, yeah. right? That's a good point, Ken. That's an excellent point. So I will say though that not all boutique cigars are cost effective. I've ran into a handful of companies in the last number of months that don't produce a lot of cigars that want. 40 50 60 dollars for a cigar on companies you've never heard of which is obscene which is it's completely stupid i'm going to tell you right now if you're a boutique cigar company that nobody knows and you're rolling 
500 cigars or 1,000 cigars every three months, and you're trying to make 40 or $50 a cigar to cover the cost, you're failing. Yeah, you're going to fail. You're done. Like, there's no way that anybody is going to drop 40, 50, 60 bucks on a cigar on a brand that nobody has ever heard of. And that's, see, that's the biggest challenge for boutique brands, and they all know it. It's, exactly. an up, it's an uphill battle. No one knows who you are. Right. You know, and if you look at the boutique brands that are making it, right, be it Warfighter, be it Dissident, be it Stolen Throne, they've worked very hard to get name recognition. Build the brand. And build the brand. The rest of it will show up. How do they build, How are they building their brands? How are those three brands doing it so successfully when other smaller boutique brands are struggling? How are they doing it, Jake? Because we know the answer. I know the answer. I don't know if I should share the answer, but I know the answer. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say this: if you're a boutique cigar brand, or you, if you have the desire to start a become a boutique cigar company and start your own line, it is not as easy as everybody thinks. You're not just going to roll a cigar and say, "Hey, I got a cigar and it's going to sell." You've got to put the work in, and it's a lot of work. I'm not going to get into what it takes and what these guys have done to get where they're at. That's their story, right? But I've also seen a lot of boutique cigar brands come and go. It, I think it's just like anything else in business. A lot of people think you can build an e-commerce website or a cigar brand or whatever it is you're going to build. If you build it, they will come. No. No, 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 no. Well, there's, there's very little barrier to entry if you're a savvy person in terms of the cigar world. Correct. So it, this is just my take on it. There, there's a lot of people who do think that it's fairly easy. There's tons of cigars out there. Right now, there's a bit of a shortage in, in tobacco leaves, but you can still, you can still just on your own, in your own garage, make a few calls and have some cigars with your band on them come to your house, and you can, you can sell them. There's very little barrier to entry. So let's so, talk about that. How's, how's that work? Okay, so there's, let's there's essentially two paths. <clears throat> there's two good paths and then a... A, a gamble. So we'll talk about the two good paths and maybe we'll talk about the gamble. We'll see how I feel. <laughs> so there's, so a lot of these manufacturers out there, even the bigger ones will roll cigars for you. Now we're talking about the factories, the factories. The factories. So we're talking about factories like Rojas or factories like Casa Cuevas or factories like, right. you know, EP Carrillo or, you know, the really big ones don't do it. You're not going to get Drew Estates to roll your cigar. You're not going to get Oliva to roll your cigar. You're not going to get Padron or plus uh, STC. You're not going to get some of the really big guys. But a lot of the medium-sized guys, to fill up their time, will roll cigars for if one of us wanted to do it. Third party. The third party. The catch is you're at about $20,000 pay to play. Right, which really, I mean, if it works for you, you're going to make your money back very easily. But the, that that money is your your trip there, five to six days with tasting cigars and them rolling them and you building out your cigars, and then your first order. Usually, that first order, most of these guys want five to ten thousand cigars is that initial order. Five thousand is the number I continuously hear. Yep. Most 5, of them are 5,000. Some of them are t- of higher. Some of them are lower. But it's usually, it's a safe bet to guess 5,000. Or just assume 5,000. 
So then you have your bands, the artwork, getting the band created, getting all that. And then eventually, if this all happens over the course of six to eight months, well, minimum. And, and don't forget, all the while, all that's going on, there's a tremendous amount of work in the background. Right. There's your tobacco license. You're there's right. import taxation fees. There's trademarking of your cigars. Do, don't that's make the, the mistake one. of not doing that. Right. There's websites. There's social media marketing to get the buzz going. There's all these other things. But just to get there, even to leave all that aside, you're looking at about a $20,000 bill. That's the, that is the preferred method. I would say that is the, if you wanted to be successful in this industry, that is the best method in you get a cigar that's uniquely yours to your palate that you can, that you can sell because you're behind it. Now the next option, well, this is, so I would say that's the good option, right? Now we're going to go to the, I don't want to, since we're doing the good, the bad, the ugly, I really don't want to say this next option is bad, but it's not good. So I guess, and it's not ugly. So I guess by just sheer bad. Sheer, you know, drop, it's the bad option. Wait, wait, just a second. Before we move okay. to the bad. So 20K, right? That just gets you the cigars, guys. Right. Okay. That's not that doesn't get your website build. That doesn't get your social media, your trademark, your Anything. your tobacco license, your humidor to store right. your cigars in. You gotta keep them fresh. And Once you know, they get here, you can't just I, put them in a warehouse or a garage and and assume they're gonna work. And, now and, I will say this if you do that yeah. option. Your best bet is to get on a company, get with a company that does fulfillment, like like Angelo started with Founders Fulfillment, and have somebody that knows the industry, move, have them move your cigars, pay them like a salesperson to get your cigars sold. Into that, shops. Into shops. That is a great option. And actually, it's kind of almost like a little cheat Versus you having to drive to all the shops yourself, get somebody that has a relationship with 60, 70, 80 shops that can help get you in there to get those first cigars moved so you can get the second batch started and you can start the process. That's really the good option. Now the bad option. Or, and I'm saying that, I'm using that just as good, bad, ugly. I'm not really saying it's that this is... It's just in between it's good the and in between, ugly. Yeah, it's in between good and ugly, so it's really not the worst option out there. You can go online, couple quick Google searches... And you can find a place out there that will roll cigars for you. It's about a 2500 stick entry fee. You don't go down to the factory, so you're saving tons of travel expenses. They already have all the import stuff set up, so they're taking care of the import taxes for you. And you can buy 2500 cigars from them. You reach out to them. You have a conversation through email, maybe a phone call or two. Talk about what you want. They roll you. Five to ten sample sticks, usually a couple different blends. Send them to you. You pick the one you like. You order your 2,500 cigars. They banned them. You still got banned cost, everything else. But it's a lot cheaper. It's about half the price to enter that way. So that's about a $10,000 option. Maybe $12,000. Well, but, that, that was my point when I interrupted you last time. And I'm going to apologize for interrupting you again. But that 20000 for just right. for cigars on option one, right? So you're probably all in on option one, on the good, the good way to do it. Right. Probably $50,000 to do it right. By the done, time everything's said and done, to, to do the marketing, to do the branding, website, the branding, to do the, the trademarks, trademarking, the, the legality, license, everything. the business license, the retail now, license, all of it. 
if you go with the second option, you still have to have an OTP license. You still have to have, you should probably trademark your logo. Yep. Like those things should still happen, right? It's just what you're doing is you're not having to buy as many cigars and you don't have the travel expenses to go deal with it. But you also right. don't have the experience of the culture right. and the history and the process to really understand it. Right. But you can do it. We, we know guys that have started off this way and they've switched since then to the good, right? The, the, the pros and cons there is it's a cheaper entry. You get up faster, but you still have now you have 2,500 cigars that what are you going to do? Sit and all your buddies smoke them for free. You, you lost money. So again, you should partner with either have relationships up front with your local lounge and other spots or have, you know, be in the process of finding a, a, a cigar fulfillment center, distribution center that is already ready to take your stuff. Right. Right. So, again, then you have the ugly option. And this is a huge risk for a new cigar company. Oh. Well, let, let, let me let me give you my opinion on the ugly option. We'll see if we have the same idea. So you can get orphaned cigars that are unbanded for whatever reason. There's yep. a variety of reasons why they would be orphaned. You buy a whole bunch of those, probably no limit. Um, to on the uh, well, there's a limit on the upper end because obviously they only have so many. But um, probably not much of a limit on the lower end. So you buy a few hundred of those. Say you're a, a cigar shop and you just want to slap your own band on there. That's one easy way to go. There's nothing. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just that you you sort of put out the idea that this is your cigar, but really. It's not. It's, it's not. your band. So and that's the, that's the third option, the ugly option, the orphan cigar option. You can call about any cigar factory, and they're going to have cigars that people started an order on. They never showed back up, and they're sitting in their aging room. And they're happy to sell them to you cheap. They're even happy to help you get them banded and cellophane. Cheaper, a lot cheaper. But here's the problem with that. You get them, you love them, they sell, and they're gone. Now what? Now what? What do you do next? Now, especially unless if, you're, especially if people loved them, right? Unless you're Robert Caldwell and Matt Booth, who pulled the Lost and Found series for a decade, you're probably not going to be able to pull that move off repeatedly. You know, those are the only guys that have ever done it with extreme success. Now and they have they have phenomenal relationships with the manufacturers, though, right? And now that's, you know, and that's even coming to an end for those, you know, um, like I think Robert Caldwell actually released now that all the cigars have been found and he's actually the lost and found series. They're actually making the most popular ones as normal cigars now. Hmm. So, but you could do the orphan cigar thing. You might find a diamond in the rough that blew your palate away and hopefully you can get it again. But those are like the three real ways to get into the industry if you want to get in the boutique cigar industry. And, and that's really, guys, that's why I think we've seen an explosion of boutique brands in the last five years. Right. And that, that's where some of the danger for a cigar shop comes in because you don't know who's going to last. You don't know who's going who's gonna to be the next big, right. big player. And so you can get into a good relationship with a, a cigar that you love and they can just call it quits on you or they just can't produce what you need or there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of downside to it. Right. We have manufacturers contact us. We have boutique brands contact us almost on a a weekly basis. Hey, 
you guys, you want to carry our cigars? They send us samples. We may even sit down, the three of us, smoke them and enjoy them, but we pass on them. Right. They might be great cigars, but this is a brand, you know, we're a small retail shop. We can't afford to market a brand from the ground up. We can't afford to be part of that process. We can't take on inventory and have it sit in here for two years waiting for this brand to be discovered by the public. We, we just can't do that. So we pass on a lot of really good cigars that because we just don't know if the brand is going to last. We don't know if the brand is going to Well, and then you have the other issue that boutique cigar companies have, and that's getting product, right? Getting product is hard for a lot of these companies. They're not ordering more most of them are not ordering cigars 30,000 at a time, 40,000 at a time. Right. They're ordering maybe 5 to 10,000 of this stick. They've got, you know, maybe they have five facings, 5 to 10,000 of each stick. That gets them so long. And then when they get low, they ha- they put an order in and but then that order goes to the back of the line. Right. And it's until they, you know, then they have to fill it which can take a week, a month, two months. Three months. Three months. Six months. And you're without that cigar. Yep. And so that's <clears throat> one of the things that I would think that I see a lot of boutique cigar brands do is they grow too fast. Yeah. There right? you go. Build a, build a great cigar. One. One size. One style. Market the hell out of it. Get a following. Then do a second cigar. And get the logistics down. Get the logistics down. The timing, the ordering, everything. Yeah. Work out all the kinks with one cigar, one facing, one size. Yeah. And that's that's what we we have been, uh, and this isn't a rant of any way, because I'm not on that side of the, the cigar world, but we run into the, the problem of we have these uh, big hit cigars, the ones that everybody wants, the ones that everybody uh, is ordering and we run out of them quickly before the others and we can't get them back so we're sitting there with the website and the with the remind me order you know it's just all out of stock it doesn't look good we want to sell them they they want them to be sold but here we are yeah we want to sell them you guys want to buy them and we have trouble getting them. our manufacturer wants to sell them and they're having trouble getting them and, and it, so that's it's a logistics where, thing that's a log- it's a logistics thing and that's where i'll give a shout out to Lee Marsh over at Stolen Throne with that. Man, he busts his ass. That dude works harder than anybody I know in this industry. Hands down, doesn't care, always on the go. But he released one cigar when he started. Crook of the Crown. Yep. Got everything. That wasn't actually the first cigar he wanted to release. It's just the way it worked out because he's working on some other blends. But that cigar is a home run. Everybody loves that cigar. Year later, a year later, he released Call to Arms. Year later, he released Three Kingdoms. Is there an end to the story? Yep. <laughs> a, like about 18 months later, he released the Yorktown. Right. But it's been a year plus every time he's dropped a cigar so that he could really get that focus on that cigar into the shops, getting them in people's hands, building the brand. You don't have to come out of the gate with ten facings. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that would be. These a guys can contest to it. If you were a brand new boutique company with ten facings and came to them, they are not going to buy all ten facings. all ten facings from you. 
they don't have any you have no data you have no track record you have no following to justify these guys spending money to put it into the humidor to put it into the shop to take the time to tell people about it to get it online for 10 facings do one thing and do it well and once you do it well do another thing yeah as a boutique cigar company don't try to say hey I, I can't remember. I saw one come across my Instagram feed. I can't remember who it was. And it was a company I'd never heard of. After doing a little research, they'd been around 11 months. They had 15 facings. I wouldn't have smoked one of them after I found that out. Yeah. Because you can't tell me that in 11 months, you've come up with 15 good cigars. Uh, maybe. On a they, brand new company? If they were working on it for five years in the background... But that better be part of their story. It wasn't. Right? You know, it was. It's not. No, more normally, it's not. But that's the thing. So the ugly side of boutique cigars is you'll find stuff you really like, and sometimes they have trouble getting them. Sometimes it's a band issue. That's what a lot of these guys are dealing with right now is band issues box or a box issues. issue. Box issues. You know, Founders Cigars right now has been dealing with a box issue for four months. You know, or then there's the dreaded tobacco issue. Right. Right. And that takes us to the um, the short runs. So boutiques d- do a fair number of short runs. And, I mean, that's a great thing. I love a short run uh, cigar because, you know, it's going to be probably unique. It's going to be interesting. And and a lot of times, for, from what we've seen, we've picked a couple of winners, but it, it's going to be a good seller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but then they're then they're gone. They're gone. I mean, even and not even just boutique short runs. Just any cigar that's a limited edition. I'll say this: if it's a boutique limited edition and you like it, buy it out. Yeah. If it's a big company run, that's a pro tip right there that you like. Pro buy tip. it out. I mean, let's just like okay, Chef Special, right? Espinosa, big player in the industry, right? They're gone everywhere. They're not making more this year. It's a it's a yearly release. Done. Are we out? Out. We are out. We sold our last four yesterday. And, but that's the thing. Like, so if you find something you like that's a short run, I don't care if it's a boutique company or a, a, cor- a, a, a major company. If you like it, buy it, hide it, forget you have it, smoke <laughs> it in a year, enjoy it, whatever. But, but with boutique cigars, though, you see a lot more hiccups. With them trying to get their stuff. And a lot of these guys have great relationships with their factories that get them made in. And we're not saying that the factories are at fault. We're not throwing you know stones at anybody. It's just the industry as a whole. Right. It's There's a lot of moving parts that nobody sees. Right. Be it the bands, be it the boxes, be it the tobaccos, be it enough rollers, enough room in the aging rooms. There's all these other things that go on. These manufacturers in the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua have more than one brand that they're dealing with and you know you can place your order but you might be number 30 in line on a production cycle so you have to wait for those other 30 orders from other brands to get fulfilled before they even start rolling your order and it becomes a logistics it's a logistics problem right, right. and new brands struggle the most with it the brands that have been around for a while the bigger brands that have their own manufacturing uh, facilities in their own fields. Their own fields and grow their own tobacco. They've got that down. They eliminated the logistics issues by doing it themselves. Smaller brands can't afford to do that. You can't buy 
6,000 acres of farmland <laughs> and then man it with a manufacturing facility, people, blenders, master blenders, and then people to actually run the the planting, picking, growing, picking, curing, rolling. All It all takes a tremendous amount of that's capital. A couple, that's a couple hundred workers right there. Yeah. Well, then you, then you add in the elephant in the room that nobody in the industry is talking about. Ooh. So the big thing that's going on right now is China. So many for many, many years, China really didn't care about cigars. They've gotten into cigars. It's become a very big thing in China. They're buying up, but they want Chinese cigars, meaning origin world in China. So they're actually coming into Nicaragua, the Dominican, and they're buying up lots of tobacco and shipping it back. And so that's a new problem that is that the industry is trying to figure out how to resolve because they're they're offering an over premium dollar for the the money so they're offering more than that pound of tobacco is normally worth because they want it and so that puts a that's why it, it puts a strain on the industry that's why the companies that own their have their that own their own fields and are getting their own tobacco are better off because they don't have to worry about, hey, can I get that tobacco tomorrow? Right. They're taking care of that problem themselves. But the companies that rely on buying bulk tobacco to roll cigars are starting to fill that squeeze. And so that's something that's going to be interesting in the next couple of years to see how that's handled. So the way we've been, you know, the way – Toro Cigar Company has been dealing with this from the very beginning is, you know, we carry mainly boutique brands, right? We have we have some major players in our humidor. Obviously, we have Espinosa. We have Karen Berger. We have uh, Caldwell. Caldwell, Stolen Thrones. These guys are all A, A-list players yeah. who, for the most part, can fulfill our orders. When, when we get a popular cigar, popular facing, they can and even even – Ovea Negra, right? right? Black Label, Trading Company, Black Works, and Dissident. For the most part, they can fulfill our orders on demand as we sell cigars through our shop. So when we get the smaller brands that start experiencing some of that, the good news is all of our cigars are premium cigars. We love... we. Love and recommend every cigar in there. So if we're out of one particular brand, our customers can choose from a variety of other brands that have similar quality, similar tasting notes. Our website is set up. So if you like a particular cigar, you click on a tasting note and you get recommendations that are in line with other brands that are similar in flavor and construction. So that's the way to go for us anyway. Right. And so, you know, one thing I'd, I'd would like to throw it out to our listeners is um, what are the boutique brands that you love? What are the ones that we don't carry that, that we should be carrying? Oh, and yeah. if you want to comment those to us, maybe we know about them. Maybe we don't. We'll look into it. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah. You guys already do a great job of telling us what you want us to carry. <laughs> All I will say this. There is one boutique brand that I would like to see come in, but that's just me because I'm greedy and I like smoking what I want. <laughs> I would like to see blackbird cigars in here blackbird we actually are already in the process of that that's what i'd like to see i would like to see some blackbird cigars 
We we actually have already taking care of the logistics of that, setting that account up, and we're on our way towards that. And I would just like to say, anybody thinking that Jake has a serious cocaine issue because of all the sniffing, it, I'm, I'm 95% sure it's just allergies. I, Something think the, I actually this. think cocaine might fix the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you have it. That's, this, this podcast will always devolve into that. <laughs> At some point, Ladies and gentlemen, it will always go to that. But yeah, no. So yeah, let us know what you like. Let us know what you want to see. Yep. Let you know, and let us know uh, if you're experiencing problems getting certain cigars. Let us know that too, right? I mean, we want to try to fix it for you guys. So, you know, we we will pass along any comments, uh, concerns you have about product availability. We pass them right along to the manufacturer. I screenshot them and I email them. Right, and if you're a, if you're a manufacturer, if you're a boutique manufacturer, and you want to get in our in, in our store, let us know. Let us know. We're always open to new facings and looking at new cigars. Um, again, we look at everything carefully, and it is just being a good cigar. It's not enough, guys. It's not enough. Got to have that background. But uh, you know, if you're doing it right, uh, we will definitely give you guys a shot to our audience and our customers, and see how it goes. And that's about all we can promise. Pretty much. So one more brand, since you already told me you're working on Blackbird, Cavalier. Cavalier. You introduced me to those probably last year. Yep. Last year. And then we met Cavalier at PCA. Yep, Brian and Sebastian with the best beards in the industry. Yep. <laughs> Damn, that guy's got a good beard. <laughs> beard envy. Yeah. Beard envy. I know that's- Ken's envious as hell. I try to keep it to myself. (laughs) It's probably a good thing. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you maybe learned something about the cigar industry. And as always, if you liked this content, please like, comment, and share below. Help us beat the Google YouTube algorithm. We're already fighting an uphill battle getting this content out to people who might be interested in it because we're talking about tobacco. And YouTube... Google, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram, they all push down tobacco content. So every like, comment, and share helps us climb in those search results. So give us a like, give us a comment, share the content as much as you can, and we appreciate you guys being here. We hope you have a great week, and smoke a boutique brand. If you haven't had one, smoke one. You're going to enjoy it.